When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today my guest is the actress, writer, and stand-up comedian Natasha Legero. She's been in shows like Another Period, Burning Love, and Modern Family, and she hosts the podcast Endless Honeymoon, along with her husband and fellow comic Moshe Kasher. Natasha's latest project is hosting the TBS show Rat in the Kitchen. It's part cooking competition and part murder mystery, just without the murder. Contestants compete through a series of challenges to win a cash award. However, one of the contestants is secretly a rat and tries to sabotage things for the others. If the rat is successful, they win all the prize money for themselves. Take a listen to part of the trailer. Six chefs work together to impress world-renowned chef Ludo Lefebvre. I love it. Except one chef is a saboteur out to secretly destroy the team's dishes. Mm. Oh, God. Every week, six new cooks compete. Are you messing with my sauce yep. over here? Who will be sabotaged? Wait, wait, wait. It's kind of chaos. Will the cooks succeed? Are you keeping your eye out for the rat? I'm looking. Or will the rat win it all? It's kind of ill. It's a disaster. It was clearly sabotaged. Well, and the first thing, so um, um, I interviewed you on March 13th, 2020, <laughs> which thinking back on it was like right when things were, right before things got locked down and all that craziness. Um, how have the last two years been? Anything major happened? Um, yeah, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> My husband's always like, you're so affected by the pandemic. I think maybe women, may, uh, mothers, or I don't know. I just feel like it was so hard to not have some like paradigm shifts and like <laughs> the way you see the world and be a little more fearful. Um, that definitely I'm trying to get out of my fear based. <laughs> I've been, I'm not a fearful person, but I've spent the last two years kind of afraid. So that's been rough. Well, I feel like a lot of people could say that. I know that's true from for me a bit too. And it's also as we start to like, feel like we have all these like fake outs of like, hey, it's gonna go, oh no, it's still back. Yeah, getting better, getting better. Things are opening, getting up, you know. I know that it's a thing because I was in an Uber last night and there was a commercial for a COVID-19 national support hotline. <laughs> <laughs> So like I wrote it down to tell my husband like uh, I'm not the only one who's like I mean there's like national hotlines for this. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. Um, and so you have such a history of just dressing well and being well put together. And I'm like, oh, I should wear something really cool for this interview. I clearly failed, but I thought because we're going to talk about food stuff, I thought this was an appropriate shirt to wear for your interview. Um, is on it watermelon or pizza? Uh, I wish it was pizza, but it's watermelon. <laughs> pizza. 
<laughs> um, but let's talk Rat in the Kitchen. So this is a brand new show. I saw the trailer and I think the best way to just the little trailer tag things is like, oh, it's a game of high stakes cat and mouse where viewers get to play the detective. But it's also a cooking show. So can you explain it a little bit? What's going on there? So basically we have six, you know, professional chefs, two home chefs. They run the gamut. They're not, some of them own restaurants or at the top of their field. Some of them are just really talented home chefs. And they come and it's basically a competition where they think they're working together, but one of them, and uh, me and Ludo don't even know who, is there to sabotage everybody. And so everyone's job is to figure out who's the saboteur. And then if the saboteur is not caught or figured out, do they win? They get the money, yes. So like the money is either put for each competition that Ludo and I have to taste, you know, either it goes into the team bank if we liked the food or the rats bank if we didn't like the food. And then at the end, you get to see like who wins the big pot. It's either the rat or the team. Oh my God, I, feel, I have so many questions. I think the first is like, so it seems like the rat's incentive is not to, he doesn't want to get, he or she doesn't want to get caught, exactly. but he has to sabotage the food. So are we talking about like making things like overcooked or sour? Like what are some examples of how you would sabotage a dish without being caught? Let's just say I've never eaten raw lobster before. <laughs> uh, no. It's, you know, there's there's many different ways to do it. And I don't want to give away people's secrets. Mm -hmm. We'll have to get very creative. But I mean, there were some times where Ludo and I could not believe, like, because, you know, we're also in the kitchen staring at them. But, you know, people, they really got creative. And then there's hidden cameras. So then you end up being able to see what they did. So that was really cool. You talked about uh, Chef Ludo. Uh, he and you are the host of the show. Um, did you guys know each other beforehand or were you, had you been to some of his restaurants or had some of his food? I had definitely been to some of his restaurants. I was a fan of his restaurants, but didn't know who he was. Um, I hadn't met him. And then I was like, oh my God, wait, that restaurant's yours? Wait, that restaurant was yours? So yeah, so he owns, the, the one in LA that's open right now is Petit Trois. And honestly, the last time I was there, the best meal I've had probably in my life. Like, I mean, his food is so special. It's, it's, he's so talented. And, uh, and yeah, so now I, of course, I know who he is. And um, he is, he hosts with me, but he is also, you know, the main judge. He, I just get to eat the food and tell him my layman's opinion, which you know, <laughs> I am not a cook at all, but I am, very picky about what I eat. Like my husband always makes fun of me. He's like, just because it's not your favorite food doesn't mean you can't eat it. Like if, if I don't like something that's for dinner, I just won't eat. And he's like, you have to eat. But I, I guess I just have extremely high standards. I say, what are some foods you're picky about? Like, is it like the way they're prepared or just like ingredients or texture? Like, what is it? Like, I hate when food is like so healthy. It's just doesn't taste good. And it's like kind of inedible to me. So I just won't eat it. You know, my, my husband is a good cook and he does a lot of like healthy California cooking, you know, like stir fries and salads and he's really good at making dressings and sauces so we you know things usually do taste pretty good that he makes even though they are healthy but like you know for example his mom will cook and sometimes i just opt out from eating 
<laughs> she no. does his cooking, which is like the healthy, like sometimes it'll just be like a plate of mushrooms or something, but like oh. without the sauce. I feel you on that. You, you have my backing if you get any grief from your uh, mother-in-law. That's that's not right. <laughs> that's just wrong. I mean, I worked at a vegan cafe for a couple of years. So, I mean, I mean, but also it's like salt is a good thing to have in food. <laughs> you know, seasoning is good. You know, these are things you could, just because it's a vegetable doesn't need to be horrible. So Well, that's what I'm trying to teach my daughter because my husband salts food before he tastes it. And I, I was never like, I was always taught that like salt was bad. And the idea that he just like starts salting things before he tastes it, I, I'm trying to get him out of the habit, but, but now I'm realizing he must do that because of his mom's cooking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going back a bit to uh, Chef Ludo, um, how does comedy and cooking go so well together? Cause this is not the first time we've seen comics and, and cooks be Put together. In fact, you were just on um, Fast Foodies this season. Oh yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I wonder if you could talk a little bit about like why why does a great chef and a great comic go so well together, and what's the dynamic between the two of you particularly? Well, you know, Ludo's from France, and people in France just naturally have like a little bit of a superiority. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nicest insult ever. <laughs> And I haven't, I have the same thing. So, you know, I kind of understand that. And, you know, he really has very high standards. And I think just from working with him, I was able to like develop my palate a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, chefs and comedians, I think, you know, comedians are like everybody. They love great food. And I think that, I think it was Fran Lebowitz said like the highest art form was music and chefs because they bring people the most joy not comedians by the way <laughs> <laughs> say not comedians definitely and not tech reviewers either so there you go <laughs> but i mean who doesn't love a great chef well and i think that's what's curious too it's like it must be i hope chef ludo's getting paid well to eat stuff that's going to be horrible because it's not all the food's horrible all the food has to be good but the sabotage stuff you just like are you guys like taping these things like yeah, that, that next one's going to be the one where it's going to taste bad. Well, you know, I mean, we want it to taste good. And I think that <laughs> Ludo is kind of coming from a place where he's like a really good teacher and really enjoys teaching chefs. And so, you know, he really wants people to get it right. And he really wants to explain to them how to get it right next time or, you know, where they like, maybe they got it to 90%, but what could really push it over the edge, you know? And I think that having those unbelievably high standards is probably how he got so well, because he had, you know, mentors that demanded the best from him. So I think that his striving for excellence from the chefs really creates this, you know, because he, he, he's so serious about the food. So I think we're a good um, match because, I am not that serious about anything, really. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I do I do enjoy watching him like have his very strong reactions to it and <laughs> chime in with my base humor. Um, when this show was first pitched to you, what was your reaction? And after recording it, uh, what's the biggest surprise? Not like in a um, in a kind of plot or reveal way, but what's the biggest thing that surprised you about doing the show? Well, when I first got it, the, the um, you know, the video they had made to show me what they had in mind, 
wasn't like comedy yet. So I was like, I wasn't sure if they were going to let me be funny. And then when I talked to the producers, they're like, no, we want you to be yourself and be really funny and meet Ludo. And then I met Ludo and I was like, oh, he's so cool. And oh, wait, that's the guy from that restaurant. I love his food. I'm a huge fan. And then, you know, I guess my biggest surprise was that they like kept a lot of the comedy in and now it's like more of like a comedy cooking show. And, and that's kind of what I was interested in. Well, and I think that's the, when we, we first, uh, I was first reading like what the pitch of this was, I was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Really, it just comes down to um, who gets to be the rat? Like, do the people who are the rat, like, is, are they just selected randomly or are they like writers on the show? Like, who are the rats? Oh, they're definitely not writers on the show. They're, they're the, the chefs. They're, they're one. So it's basically the producers interviewing people and figuring out who they think could be the best liar you know and then they, <laughs> they, they will pick them for that group of people but nobody knows besides like ludo doesn't know i don't know and then the other chefs don't know the only person who knows about the rat would be the rat themselves and then the producer that picked them and do you think they like being called a rat I think they probably like being singled out to be the person who gets to keep the whole pot of money for themselves as opposed to sharing the pot with five other people. So they're a greedy rat is what I'm hearing. Yes, like the, whoever is the rat gets the opportunity to make the most money. For the people watching the show, I guess part of the mystery is who the rat, but also are you, I imagine you're also rooting for the other contestants you want to succeed. Totally. Yeah. And they're all working together. And, you know, some of them have these really cool stories. And, you know, I, I think that this is an interesting time, too, because people are, you know, trying to follow what brings them joy. And I think for a lot of these people, you know, becoming chefs and cooking is like, it, it's been such a part of their lives. And they realize they have talent, and they're so good at it, and they want to devote their life to it. So, so yeah, like you obviously are rooting for them. Okay, so Natasha, the name of this podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. What are you currently obsessed with? Um, right now, I love The Gilded Age, even though I had a TV show called Another Period that was on Comedy Central, which was a comedy version of The Gilded Age area. Um, and this is by Julian Fellows who did Downton Abbey, so it's not, it's not a comedy, but just that world of the Gilded Age is just sort of endlessly fascinating to me. I love that like a hundred years ago, the women there, like they're so catty, they don't give a shit about the youth. All they care about is impressing the 65 year old woman, you know, and it's just like, just to get into the Newport 400. And I just, I just think it's such a funny area um, and the acting's great. So I'm, I'm really having a, a fun time watching that. Oh my, yeah, I have not seen it, but it's definitely on my list. Uh, you and your husband have the podcast, uh, you had the Honeymoon Podcast, the Netflix special. The Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Oh, look at that. Yeah, well, uh, for an audio podcast on our end, uh, I'm looking at uh, your screen behind you or a frame behind you that had uh, the Endless Honeymoon Podcast uh, behind it. Um, but that's been going on for a while now. The Netflix special came out, what, 2019? I can't remember when that came out. It came yeah, we out. Did it. Well, that actually led us to the podcast. We did a Netflix special called The Honeymoon Stand-Up Special. And then from that, we were like, oh, we should do a podcast. Because on the, on the special, I do, it's on Netflix. And I do 30 minutes of stand-up. Moshe does 30 minutes of stand-up. I was pregnant when I did it. 
And then we bring couples up on stage and do relationship <laughs> advice, but also kind of roast them. So that was really fun. And then from that, we were like, oh, we should do this for a podcast. So that's how we got our podcast and the podcast. Also, we have a, a secret dump. So people additionally giving advice with our comedian friends. We also have a hotline where you can call and leave your deep, dark secrets anonymously. <laughs> well, and I would say, how has that changed over the years? Because it's been going for a while now. Um, well, it's actually like the secrets have become really popular. So we have so many secrets that we had to do an additional podcast. So we do like, <laughs> we do an extra podcast a week of just everybody's secrets. And I'm like, why do people have so many secrets? And then I realized like, I think just the act of telling a hotline something that you've never told anyone before is like therapy. So I think people are using it for that. What are some secrets that pop out when you think think of the ones you've heard on your hotline? Well, there's a lot of disgusting ones, which <laughs> always come from the men. I think some woman, what was it? Some woman said she gave her, her kid like NyQuil so she, she and her husband could watch the Game of Thrones finale. I don't know. <laughs> you know, things that you're like, you wouldn't be, or like another girl was like, oh yeah, I, I faked a COVID-19 test so I could meet my friend's infant or you know people do things that are like really kind of <laughs> sketchy I mean we've had people calling about cheating on their wives wow. a lot lots of lots of, of stuff but like no one's like revealing I robbed a bank and I got I got away with it 20 years ago kind of thing right like animal mutilations from childhood Ooh. uh I'm trying to think if there was anything I I don't think we've I think if we were really scared of someone, we probably wouldn't air it. Well, and then I know last time we talked, uh, uh, we, we were talking a little bit about uh, you guys becoming parents. And I'm wondering in your household, is it, does that change the way you look at food or is it just like, just eat this fast, you know, because you have kids around? You know, I'm having a really hard time balancing uh, feeding my child healthy foods and also feeding myself. I feel like, you know, in the same way that when you're pregnant, if you didn't eat healthy food or any food, your child usually, from what I've read, like it can still stay alive. It'll just start like, like I could just eat Cheetos and then my unborn baby could just be stripping me for like all like, you know, the enamel in my teeth and my bones. And they'll just like strip you dry of like your resources in your body. It's not like they don't even need healthy food. So I feel like in the same way now, I'm making sure she's got like bananas, grapes, protein, like this like really varied diet. Meanwhile, you know, I'll like shove whatever into my, you know, like I just, I never really make time to take care of my, my, my dietary needs. I mean, I'll always have like a nice dinner, but throughout the day, I'm pretty much like coffee and then you know, whatever I can like find for lunch, a croissant or something, you know, it's, it's, it's not healthy, oh, um, man. but that's not good. I want to change and I don't know how to. So, oh, so now what I've started to do is when I make my daughter something, I'll just like try to eat a little bit of it, even if it's just like part of a banana or something to like <laughs> make it feel like I'm eating something besides coffee and cream. I just, I love the, also the image of you have like a coffee or croissant and your child having like a fruit salad, you know, it's just know. like. <laughs> it's not good. I say, so after recording a season of this, um, 
Is there something you go like, you know, I can go home. I can do this. I can make this dish now. I feel confident that I want to cook this thing. Is there anything like that? I've been trying to make kale chips for about four years now. <laughs> and they're always wet and burnt at the same time. I'm just, I really don't have, I always burn myself every time I use the oven. I'm just like, not really, I can't say I'm motivated to cook. The only thing that I get excited to cook is like something that I read that's like extremely easy with three ingredients. Like that's kind of like where I, and that would take like, that I could make in like 10 minutes. I mean, it's weird. We're, we're in, doing this interview. It's not quite noon, but I'm starting to get hungry just thinking about, except for the wet kale chips, how you get a kale chip burnt and wet at the same time seems like a maddening moment in life. I, I actually uh, told Guy Fieri that because I did a, his talk show or his game show and he said that I'm putting too much oil in. And then a lot of times people wet, the, they clean the kale, but then it's still wet. Mm, so mm. that's, I'm not drying it enough either. I do hope it's not another four years before the kale chips turn out the way you want them. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna stop <laughs> We always like to do a thing um, on the show we're, uh, called Pick One. I give you a couple things, you pick the best one. It doesn't mean the thing you choose is necessarily better than the other things. Um, and we encourage you to talk things out. So Natasha, pick one, big night, eat, drink, man, woman, or ratatouille? Unfortunately, I've only seen ratatouille, but I know that it was voiced by Patton Oswalt, who I like, <laughs> so I, I'm gonna have to go with that. And I think that my four-year-old would enjoy it. And I have to say, that is the right answer. So also, and it's a rat, rat in the kitchen. We got ratatouille, there we go. Exactly. <laughs> this next one, a little more challenging. So pick one, Chef Ludo's rack of lamb in a caraway seasoned broth with baby vegetables or Chef Ludo's vanilla flavored potato puree or Chef Ludo's pericarp pepper encrusted lamb. Okay, well, two of those are lamb. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't love lamb because it always reminds me of like my dog Blanche. Like she just kind of looks like a lamb to me. So whenever I'm eating lamb, I just think of my dog. So oh, no. I, I guess it would have to be his vanilla mashed potatoes. That sounds amazing. Right? Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't even know how so that works. Like he was telling me about this dish he had that was eel with white chocolate mashed potatoes and I said how did you think to put those things together and he was like I woke up it was from a dream <laughs> <laughs> wait and the chef so, Ludo is, is he funny or is he very is he really that serious I mean he's funny but you know he's he's very serious about I mean this man dreams about food so it's you know he is he is living his destiny so you know there, there's always like a seriousness to that um, but, but yeah, I, I, I gotta go vanilla mashed potatoes. I think vanilla mashed potatoes, way to, but also sounds like something you would create if you were maybe stoned or high, like, yeah, what if we had <laughs> potato puree and put some vanilla in there? Get out of here. You're no chef Ludo. You're just high. Um, as things are opening up more and you're popping on different shows and the podcast, um, how is touring looking to you again? Is that something you want to do more of? Is that something you're hoping to do more of? 
I'm doing a little bit. Yeah, I'm doing Moon Tower in Austin. And uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I have a book coming out, so in November. So I was going to kind of wait until then because my daughter is just at the cutest age. She's four. And I don't really want to be at a corporate hotel in an industrial park for four days playing the, you know, chuckle factory in somewhere, I don't even know where, but you know, it's just, I, I would rather, I, I don't want to offend any particular comedy club, but you know, I'm just kind of waiting. And also um, the shuffle factory is a fantastic venue. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get that. And then also uh, I would say the four years old, that's like one of the best ages because kids are kind of independent ish. Like they can walk and do things and yet they don't really eye roll as much as they do in a few, like at, it's seven or eight, you know? So it's totally. such a great age. Yeah. Um, before we go, is there anything else you want to say about a rat in the kitchen or anything else you want to bring up that we didn't get to talk about or anything you want to clarify? No, I think I'm good. Rat in the Kitchen premieres the 31st on TBS, March 31st on TBS. And uh, if you have a deep, dark secret, call our podcast, the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. See, I feel like if I had a deep, dark secret, it wouldn't match up to some of the examples you gave. It'd be like, yeah, I one time like hid Oreos in the dishwasher and forgot they were in there and uh we might not know. air your son patrick I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> well and also i clearly just identified myself so i kind of undermined the idea of a there's always secret. the future all right but natasha seriously thank you for your time and thank you again for getting to talk and i'm so glad that it's at the end of this crazy two years hopefully knock on wood well hey things are looking up thank you so much natasha take care bye patrick thank you I want to thank Natasha for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. New episodes of Rat in the Kitchen air Thursdays on TBS. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Danielle Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox Sowell. And this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleener. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. And until next time, take care. <laughs>